Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. We are back for another week here on the Ticket Water Cooler. Of course, now Tuesday through Friday, the Ticket Water Cooler with you during your lunch hour. Uh, great uh, great show yesterday, debut show from Adam Carricker. Of course, his show will take over Monday on the noon hour, so uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Uh, but again, we are back, and we've got uh, practice quotes, so what's better than hearing from Matt Rule? We'll get to that here in a second, but first, I want to celebrate... Uh, a few uh, happenings in the mascot world. Deion Sanders finally meeting Ralphie. Did you see the video? I keep seeing it pop up on my Twitter. I haven't watched it because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> would you Would you be interested in meeting Ralphie? I have met a buffalo before. You have? Yeah. I don't think it's any different. You don't think the mascot uh, holds any difference there? No, I don't think it's any different. Mm, I think you're wrong. I love I love. Ralphie I think it's, just, I think it's the same. I'm a big Colorado fan, but I love the mascot. I think it's the same as any other buffalo. How dare you say that? It's just small. It's a, it's a high honor in the Buffalo community to be named you think, Ralphie. You think so? You think Buffaloes all around the world are just like, <laughs> man, I can't wait for them to pick me to be Ralphie. I bet they are. Yeah. I don't think they are. You think Bulldogs are walking around just like, man, I wish I could be Ugga. Yeah. Well, that's that's the other news in the mascot community. Uh, today, Ugga the 10th is retiring. Mm, good for him. Or her. <laughs> or her. I don't know what, uh, what sex Ugga is. Well, his, uh, his, its name is Q, so if that helps at all. That doesn't. That does not that help is at all. a letter. Uh, it's being uh, <laughs> being replaced by a ten month year old named Boom, ah. which, which also had, Boom, yeah. also known as Ugga the what eleventh. It'll be the Ugga the eleventh. There you go. How uh, good of a life does Ugga live? Think, How good of a life does a retired good. Ugga live? Yeah, I think. Who they, does a retired Ugga stay with? I think the retired Uggas stay with the current Uggas. I believe there was like I, they they ran some like uh, deal on it, and I think they're like kind of. St- st- Staying in the same place. They just stay in the same place, and, yeah. and then they're just like, hey, you're the one that we're taking with us. And then when they die, they're buried in a specific place outside the stadium. Mm, good for an Ugga <laughs> cemetery. It's terrifying. Yeah, I don't know. What if what if the Ugga like thought that, it that? Didn't, What if the Ugga didn't think it lived a good life and wants to haunt the stadium? Now you got a dog ghost haunting your stadium. Now what are you going to do? Well, I don't know if I believe in ghosts, and if I did, I don't think a dog ghost, especially a bulldog, would bother me. A lot of you just kind of make some know. noise in the corner. You wouldn't be able to do anything. You would just hear... Because <laughs> they can't breathe. Like, I want to clean your wrinkles, buddy, <laughs> in the afterlife. No, a, a dog ghost is terrifying. Ghosts uh, are terrifying. A dog ghost even more so. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes, I do. Have you been to haunted houses? No, because I'm not dumb. <laughs> Do you believe in any of those ghost hunter shows? Do you think that no, those are those no. are definitely fake. I'm sure that the I'm sure that those places have happenings, but the things that happen during those shows fake, yeah. completely fake. <laughs> I was watching one the other day, and they went to uh, oh now I'm blanking on his name the the, the crazy guy from Oklahoma that everybody uh, was watching the Netflix the Tiger King oh Tiger King yeah they went to like they went to like his uh, spot and they thought that part of it was haunted. That would be that would be scary. I think I would stay away from there. You think so? Yeah, not so much because of the tigers, but because of you know the Tiger King and his people are tiger ghosts. Kind of scare me just in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a little they're a little different. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyways, that's enough mascot talk uh, slash uh, ghost talk. Uh, by the way, my son loves ghosts. He's two years old, and, and that's one of his favorite words. He's probably said that more than anything else. Ghost? Yeah, he believes there's a ghost in the basement. Well, then you should probably be careful if there's probably a ghost <laughs> in your basement. Well, I taught him there's a ghost in the basement, so he'd stay away from the stairs. But he likes it. Mm, he doesn't quite understand. I mean, he watches like cartoons. He'll ask, like, ghosts. He'll say, okay. Yeah, I'll put that's on a some ghost. ghost cartoons, sure. Okay, and they have they have nice enough ones these days. You can watch ghost cartoons. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, let's get into so. uh, Matt Rule. Show uh, my kidney ghost uh, cartoons, <laughs> except for Scooby Doo. That's the only yeah. That's a that's the only ghost that I trust because they're fake. Yeah, <laughs> other ones are real. They they never they never did have a real month. They probably did in Scooby Doo at one point. You know? But real ones? That's the, that's yeah, the, the movie. twist is hey, this guy's actually a real ghost. The movie, the uh, Zombie Island one. They're yeah. actually zombies because yeah. the because the lady. It's spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> yeah. If nobody's seen from the year two thousand, yeah, if nobody's seen Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, which is the greatest Scooby Doo movie ever. Um, spoiler alert: in three, two, one. The people on the island, like the actual people, are like ancient cat people, and they would lure yeah. people there and like steal their souls so they could stay. Um, st- steal their like life force so they could stay young. So then they had zombies all over the place. The zombies were trying to help Scooby Doo and the gang get away from the cat people. And then finally they do, and they you know kill the cat people by smashing whatever stuff. And then the zombies are free to to move to the afterlife. So don't trust cat people. Don't trust cat people. Don't trust cat people. They also eat do. really hot peppers. <laughs> cat people do. No, no Scooby Doo and Shaggy. Oh, Sco- Scooby. Yeah, okay. because you know they eat everything. Yeah. Were you big? Uh, you watched the cartoon growing up? Yeah, I watched cartoons all the time. No, no, oh, Scooby, the Scooby Doo. Yeah. yeah, all of them. There's only I only like the one. You know, I don't know when it was the '70s or whatever. Um, that's that's the only. Once you start making twists to it and you change the characters, there's like Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo. Where are you? What's new, Scooby Doo? Scrappy Doo. I'm out Scooby-Doo on Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo. Yeah. Which that's the only one you can find on like Amazon Prime that you can get without having to pay for. Yeah. Which I'm just like, I mean, it's okay, but Scrappy's annoying. Yeah, Scrappy Doo's not cool. A puppy power. <laughs> no, Scrappy, get out of here. Scooby's cousin is that what he is? It's his nephew or oh, something. It's his like nephew. That. Yeah, he's like, my uncle Scooby will beat you up real good. I'm like, no, Scooby's gonna <laughs> run away, you dummy. <laughs> yeah, you don't know Scooby at all. <laughs> Uh, all right, let, let, for real. Let's get to uh, <laughs> to Matt Rule here. Uh, as uh, these get these, I'm surprised we don't have a talk sports text yet, um, but uh, <laughs> usually there is. Let's get to. I some, found that sounder. The, the talk sports the old audio? sports talk. Oh, nice. sounder. I found it. I might have to bring it back. <laughs> um, let's get into this. I did want to ask you too. I know you cut it up. We're not going to replay. We played it a little bit on the uh, on the captain. Did you? I, I think all of us kind of unanimously felt. Uh, good quote on Isaiah Garcia Castaneda said it was really, really, really dependable and went on to talk about how dependability is important. Mm-hmm. Um, not a great quote. We didn't feel like on, on, on Xavier Betts. It was kind of like he needs to be dependable, Yeah, um, but he is working in the classroom. He said that he, he's, he, he's working in the classroom. He's working on becoming more dependable, but he has that like athleticism and explosiveness that, you know, can't really be taught because he, he said he, he doesn't know what he was before because they asked him if he looks like a guy that took a year off. He's like, I don't know what he was before, but he looks really good right now. He just needs to uh, figure stuff out in the classroom. He's pushing himself more, and once he does that, then, you know, we will be able to use him, which obviously if he if he's struggling in the classroom and he can't get on the field, you can't really be dependable. 
I thought that was kind of funny too because he said like, I, "How does he look like he's in the same shape?" He's like, "Well, I wasn't here before." And then later he goes, "This is the best he's ever done in the classroom." <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you weren't here before. Oh, okay, well, I guess we'll just take your word for it. Look, just believe him. All right, <laughs> All right. Uh, but there is more talk about the receiver position uh, from today's press conference. Garrett McGuire, uh, big uh, talking point today. Here was Matt Rule evaluating the young wide receiver coach. I think it's been great. I mean. Um, you know, I think unfairly he's well. I don't know if it's unfairly, but he's had a lot of people question, you know, him, right? Which, which really, honestly, hurts us in recruiting. You know, we're out there recruiting, and people are following us, and they're like, "Well, I keep hearing this narrative. It's coming from our own people." I'm like, you know, so we have to battle that a little bit. But I, you know, I, I always look at things in my life of like, what I want my son to play for him, and I'd want my son to play for Garrett. You know, I don't know if you, you guys don't probably don't see the second half of practice, do you? Um, like we, we we do team outside, and they throw seven on seven inside. He runs the whole passing game like he knows the quarterbacks progressions running backs tight ends receivers so I think he's one of I think the receivers are one of our stronger groups are coming on and I think he's done a really good job so um, I think as he as as he starts to churn out NFL prospects uh, the top recruits in the country will realize that if they play for Garrett they're not going to just get you know someone who's a hype guy they're going to get a really good coach who's also going to care about them off the field very interesting I, I you know especially that there that part at the end I know the Matt Rules talked about surrounding himself with the the top people in the industry and I, I mean I'm just interested in that quote altogether you know saying that it's our own people that are kind of creating a recruiting narrative that might be us we might kind of develop a little Look, it's well, a lot. Look, look, it's, it's his age. It's the age. It, every every look. It's not just us. It's everybody. Yeah. Everybody was was very critical of the hire because of how young he was and not really sure how you know bringing him on would be able to help the receivers when he's barely older than the oldest receiver. He's you know younger than the possible starting quarterback uh, on the team right now. So it was it was just a hard thing to get behind. But hearing Matt Rule talk about how he's you know leading the receiver room how he's leading those seven on seven drills seeing him at practice hearing from the wide receivers themselves talk about Garrett McGuire and how much they they uh, appreciate him and respect him and think that he's doing a really great job at coaching them um I think that's that's it's slowly changing people's minds going you know in regards to Garrett McGuire because um if Matt Rule is is correct, and if he truly believes in this in in Garrett McGuire, and and he thinks that you know once he churns out NFL prospects, things will change. I you know you can't really wait for the I, I can't wait for the future of Nebraska football with Garrett McGuire as the wide receivers coach, and we'll see if he's he's around very much longer if if all of that is true. Yeah, it, it's just fascinating, especially if you look at the last. Um, couple coaching staffs and, and obviously this happens at a certain point if you're losing you know so um, but uh, basically the idea that you bring in your guys I mean Mike Riley brought in his guys Scott mm-hmm. Frost brought in his guys now Matt Rule has brought in his guys and uh, naturally you kind of question you know it, is this going to work because you've been burned by it a few times and, and each of those guys throughout their tenure got to a point where it was we're going to move your guys along. You're going to have to bring in some different minds in here. Um, and so, you know, obviously you hope that, that that doesn't happen with Nebraska. I mean, it happened with Frank Solage, I suppose. It, um, uh, you know, and, and I, th- I think Bo, to a lesser degree, his guys kind of, you know, Carl got a better job. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, there's no problem there. He inherited Sean Watson. He took him in. Uh, and then wanted to move off of him um, because the offense wasn't doing too well. So it's just kind of interesting to see how, how all of this plays out. And, and um, you know, that's that's kind of where it, need, it needs to be when you're when you're that young. You know, you don't have a, uh, as big of a resume to to, fo- to fall back on. So if he can get some top you know receivers in here mm-hmm. and, and, and start to build that up, I mean, this is a starting point. But he's not some random 
you know, what is he, 26? 24. 24 something, whatever. He's not. He's, he's a couple years older than Nick. Yeah, he's not, but he's not some random middle, you know, like 25, 25 year old. We'll put it in the middle. 25. He's a, he's a coach's son. Uh, and so uh, there was a question, too, there, because Matt Rule obviously gave his father, Joey, um, his opportunity, and, and he's risen up into the ranks to be the Texas Tech head coach. They asked uh, if you see. 23. 23. Okay, we were too high. My goodness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's the You just hear it. That's why. That's where the questions come from. Uh, but uh, you see a lot of Joey and Garrett. Uh, yeah, I see a lot of Joey. I see a lot of Debbie, his wife. You know, like like uh, uh, they're they're awesome people. Um, I you know when they, when he took the Texas Tech job, I kept I kept I mean I, I was literally talking to everybody in the country. Like to, I thought he I think he's one of the best head coaches I've ever been around. And so there was no doubt in my mind from the day I met Joey McGuire, he'd be a great dynamic head coach. I think the thing that Garrett has is Garrett has a little bit of. Uh, you know, Joey's boisterous and all that, but Garrett has an edge to him, too. I mean, he's worked for some tough guys, right? He's worked for some really tough guys, and um, uh, so I think he, he, he brings that element as well, which I think you need in college, right? You need someone who can sometimes be your friend, but you also need guys who can make sure you're going to class and doing all that, and I think that's what Garrett, you know, that, that's, that's what makes him special. Uh, here is uh, how he feels about McGuire being in charge of a position group. Um, I, I never, I mean, I never really had any doubt, you know, um, my really only my only question was whether he would leave the NFL or not. Um, you know, he um, the NFL is different, right? Like you, you might think that they're a secondary coach, but they do so, they, they run so much, right? They run so much of practice, and I think if you talk to like DJ Moore, or one of those guys, you know, those guys making eighteen million dollars a year, they would they would stand on the table for Garrett. And I think the thing I get to see is like he would coach those guys hard. You know, just because a guy makes a ton of money, a lot of guys are afraid to coach him, like not Garrett, and so. Um, you know, he, he, he was he was blessed in his career, other than, you know, take take away all the things he learned from his father, which is awesome, right? But he was with us with Coach Nixon as our offense coordinator, learned that offense, sort of the Chip Kelly system derivative. Um, came in, had a new offensive coordinator with Dave Aranda, went through that process, came in with me to Carolina, worked under Joe Brady, who at LSU, what he did was dynamic, and then sort of the West Coast under Ben McAdoo. So in... In six years of his life, he's been a part of four offenses. And um, so I think his X's and O's knowledge is great. But I hadn't really, Mitch, I had no concern about his ability to relate to and, and work with players because I saw um, him working with NFL guys on a level beyond just, hey, here's the card. I mean, he was doing things with them that, you know, I wish, I wish all of our coaches could do. He was working with NFL guys at 21, 22 years old. Now he's working with the college kids at college guys at 23 years old. Like I said, he's not much older than the guys on the roster right mm-hmm. now. So he's going to be able to relate to these guys on a level that none of the other coaches can. Yeah. I just thought it was funny, too, because he did what he what was one of the first things we heard about him is that, you know, he'd have guys come in and watch film. What do you give him like PB and J's or something? something like that? Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, that's hilarious. OK, first off, a good PB and J can't beat it. Can't beat it. Uh, if I don't, I'm watching film with a PB and J, I'm good. If you give one of the, if you give me chunky peanut butter, I'm out. I don't want peanuts oh, I'm gonna, oh, no, I'm in the middle of you. my food. Oh yeah, I'm gonna fight you if no. you give me chunky peanut butter. Yeah, we they, we will have words. Fists will be exchanged. <laughs> Only smooth or what? What are they? Is that what they call it? Yeah, smooth. Yeah, smooth whatever. peanut butter. S- silky smooth peanut butter, no chunks. Yeah, that makes a good PB and J. All right, we'll take a quick break here on the Ticket Water Cool. We got more press conference, uh, post practice audio from Matt Rule that we'll we'll jump through and. Uh, We'll do that coming up next here on the Ticket Water Cooler 93.7 Ticket.